Hey, good morning, afternoon, evening, or ass crack of dawn to you race fans, and welcome in to another episode of Roland Race News. I'd like to start off today's episode by thanking each and every one of you for listening to this podcast and hearing what some of the great drivers from around our area have to say. Learn a little bit more of their stories and just sit down and get away from your day a little bit by talking a little bit of racing. Again, thank you, each and every one of you. I don't know how much longer this podcast is going to last, but I can tell you that I've enjoyed every single minute of it and hope to do a lot more in the near future. Why am I talking about ending the podcast, you might ask? Well, there's a couple very simple reasons for that. Number one, I've been accused, cornered, and berated for only having the big guys on. Well, here's what it boils down to. The big guys want to come on. 90% of the podcasts that we've done have been from people that want to come on. Thankfully, I'm pretty tight-knit friends with some of these drivers, so some of them come over just strictly to benefit this podcast and to hang out and talk a little bit about racing. But the fact of the matter is, the requests that I've made for people to come over and do podcasts sometimes just seems like the most offensive thing that I can ask somebody to do. Like, hey, I'd love it if you came on the podcast and they talk like they're all 10 shades of interested. And then you say, well, you got to come over because for the last 30 years of my life, I haven't been a driver. Right now, I'm riding around on a learner's permit. Not because I don't think that I could go and take the test, but at the end of the day, I've only ever really driven race cars and street cars in parking lots. Yeah, I've ridden a lot of dirt bikes, a couple of motorcycles, and four-wheelers, but this is my first endeavor into driving legal on the street. So I haven't been seeking out a lot of interviews lately because working second shift doesn't give you a lot of opportunity to go out and drive with people. When you work second shift and 90% of people work on first shift, your schedules just don't link up. Plus, I've had class on Saturday mornings from 8 to noon for like the last eight agonizing weeks. And, (coughs) excuse me, on top of that, we're rolling hard and heavy into race season. I've been at a racetrack the last three, four weekends in a row. Two trips to Beatrice and a trip to I-80. Unfortunately, I missed the Nebraska Dirt Crown at Thayer County Speedway. Couldn't get a ride really lined up, and I was working on my pickup. So... With that being said, here's the plan going forward. I love you guys, each and every one of you. I want to talk to every racer, every fry cook, every promoter, every person that gives some of their life to this sport. Whether you're driving a race car, you're changing tires, or maybe you're an advertiser on the side that's never actually gone, but you want to sponsor that kid that's came into your convenience store for the last 15 years, whether he was buying a soda and a candy bar as a kid or buying beer and cigarettes as an adult. I want to talk to you. If you're involved in racing, I don't care if you have a stacker trailer and the biggest goddamn toter SNS will build you. Or whether you're towing on an open trailer and a truck that you borrowed from your dad. If you are 12 years old and just getting your start in a big car down in Missouri like an EMOD type of situation, I want to talk to you too. And... I can even clean up my mouth and talk to the young kids in the go-kart ranks because those are our future.
And someday these stories, somebody's going to look back at it and listen to what you had to say and say, man, that's what got me into racing or that's what kept me into racing or that's what kept me going back to support my friend that spends his paychecks and does this. Now, I'm getting a little long-winded here for an intro, so I'll kind of cut it short. But again, here's the deal. I don't like to do interviews at the racetrack before the races, and here's why. I don't want to walk up to you and shove a microphone in your face when you are mentally preparing yourself to jump in that race car and go out and try to win a race on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursday. It doesn't matter. Anytime you jump in that car... Any race car driver that's turned some good laps is going to tell you that it's probably 80% mental and 20% equipment. Now, my numbers might be a little bit skewed. I'm not supposed to give too many opinions anymore, but that's my opinion. It's more mindset than it is equipment. And a lot of guys will tell you that. A lot of guys will tell you that I'm an idiot. And you know what? You can believe both of them. So again, getting long-winded here. How the podcast is going to go down. If you want a podcast... We don't need to do it before the races or super hammered after the races. I like having a couple drinks as much as the next guy, but I can't tell you how many times I've recorded something with somebody after the races and it's just nothing I'd want their sponsors or their mother to hear. That's really what it boils down to. So here's the deal. If you want to come on this podcast, you are welcome. Give me a call. Shoot me a text. If you don't have my number, I'm on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Roland Race News. Come find us. I would love to have you on the podcast. And if coming to the south side of Lincoln is a big enough issue that that's going to make or break, whether you want to come on here and talk about how you got your start in racing, what makes you love racing, and the folks who help continue to help you get down the road and to that racetrack every weekend because it takes an army. Come over. Bring your crew. I can record with up to three people. Four microphones. That's me and three of you guys. Come on over. Let's hang out. Let's have some fun. And if you can't do that, then we'll resort to a Zoom call. I don't like doing Zoom calls because I'd much rather sit with somebody and just have a conversation. It doesn't matter if it's about a modern racing issue or if it's a story about how the good old days were so much better or a story about how the good old days weren't nothing compared to what we have now. But come over. Let's talk. Let's Zoom. Let's get it done. But I'm kind of done seeking people out for this. So many people turn you down or cancel last minute and then you just go ahead and spend up your whole day getting the garage clean or just waiting around and making sure that that studio is right for people to come over. And all of our weekends are getting ready to be taken up with racing and mine are going to continue to be spent trying to learn how to drive so that I can get to more racetracks and expand this. It's really difficult to do something just out of Lincoln. Now, very fortunately, we've had people that have made the trip from Hickman, Beatrice, Omaha, Council Bluffs. I mean, we've had some people really take time out of their day just to come hang out and talk racing. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate each and every one of you who've taken the time 
to listen to Roland Race News. Now, for the last time, this is enough babbling. We're going to go ahead and get on to it. I hope to see you guys at the racetrack very soon. And here is a great interview with Mod Light Racer Andy Wagner. Well, good morning, afternoon, evening, or ass crack dawn to you, race fans, and welcome back into another episode of Roland Race News brought to you by the finest in all your electrical needs. Ace Electric, commercial, residential. Get a hold of Alan Shively with Ace Electric, and he will get you wired up right. Joined in the studio, Billiard Barn. We've been over this a hundred times if you've listened to it. We don't know what to call it, but we're hanging out by the pool table tonight with area mod light driver, Miss Andrea Wagner. Andy, how are you? We had a pretty good off-mic conversation, but uh, how's the week been? Uh, it's been? It's been busy. It has, as a lot of work weeks are, but made it here. Get to have fun with you today, and... I don't know. Just have a good conversation. All right. Sounds good to me. That's what we're all about is just having good conversations about good old-fashioned racing. So I guess we'll just dive right into it. If you don't know, Andy Wagner currently racing mod lights around the area. But let the race fans know about kind of how you got interested in the sport. I had no idea that you've been doing this as long as you have and that you had (laughs) such a family lineage behind it. So... I got into it because of my dad. Uh, I grew up around the tracks because he was racing. He had stock cars, late models, dwarf car of his own. Um, So I've been around it the entirety of my life. And I started back when I was five, actually. And I started off with go-quads. And if you don't know what a go-quad is, it's just throw a fucking weed-eater engine on four wheels and go. Um, there are, um, there's actually a couple still hanging around over in the Troy Sanford shop, and I think we're going to get them down and go rip up and down the street with them. <laughs> they're they're kind of neat-looking little machines. I would say it's like a precursor to flat carts is how I like to describe them. Okay. And we still got like four or five hanging in our shop, too. <laughs> All right. So what you're saying is we can uh, get together and race these bitches. Probably. I call my old cart. It was fast as fuck. <laughs> That's the name? I didn't name it. No. I just oh. I just called it the little bullet. Oh, I thought you were starting <laughs> the uh I thought you started that fast as fuck boy trend. Fast as fuck boy. No, I didn't. Wish I had. I could take some some trademarks and liberty. Well, yeah, I was going to say you could probably <laughs> take some time off work with a deal like that. So, got started in the go quads out at the Double D Ranch. Double D Ranch. Yep. Ashland. And had plenty of nights there. Uh, The first year that I was racing it, actually, I swore off racing altogether. Oh, this is exactly (laughs) what we were looking for. We said we wanted stories, so go ahead and hit us with this first story. Will do. Uh, So, five-year-old me, uh, never driven anything before in my life. I had had a couple nights out at the ranch, Max. And my my cart, <laughs> we were going, we were racing. It was probably heat race. And the throttle on my cart got stuck. And you have a hand throttle in those. And being a five-year-old little kid, my <laughs> grip strength was not great. And the br- all the brakes you have is like a bike's brake. So it's just a clamp on the wheel. Oh, it's um, hand brake too? 
It's a handbrake, yeah. So you have a, a throttle with your hand and then a brake with your hand. And my throttle stuck, so I could not get the thing to slow down. I ended up, instead of going into the wall on the outside, I went for the infield. Shit. <laughs> and I ended up running into the scale. And much like a flat cart, you're, you don't have belts. You don't have anything. You have your helmet, maybe some gloves, and, like, jeans and a, sh- a T-shirt. Neck donut, if you're lucky <laughs> in, that, in those times. <laughs> and so I slammed into the scales, hit my hand, scraped it all up, and just walked off to go watch the rest of the night. I refused to get back onto the cart. I did not finish out the season, and swore I was never going to race again until the end of the season came around. And after each week of my dad asking, you want to try again? You want to try again? Come on, try again. You ready to try again? You ready to try again? Uh, The very last week, I finally gave in. And after all the racing was done for the night, they agreed to let us kind of play around a little bit longer. And so me and my dad just kind of putted around. And by the time we were done playing around... I got off, I went up to him and was like, that was so fun! And I was so excited, and I was like, why did I give up on this? So, before we figure out why you gave up on it, your <laughs> dad could fit in a go-quad? <laughs> I mean, yeah, 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 he could. That, um, that'd be like kneecaps to neck bone. <laughs> pretty much. So, if you get the, like, 6'4", I don't know, 150-pound dude onto this little tiny go-quad that's, I would say, no bigger than a school desk. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> That's pretty well spot on for the size. Um, so Those his... ones you slept through. <laughs> yeah, the, the bed school desk. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm, I'm going to buy me one of those. Wait, I work at a school. I should just have one. <laughs> but, yeah, his, his knees were out, up, and up by his shoulders in his helmet and like it was it was funny to see i'm sure you could fit so many of those on a trailer i had no idea that they were hand controlled i don't know if you've met layton out at the racetrack my buddy in the wheelchair but uh, that might just be a game changer if you've got a bunch (laughs) hanging around sanford's got some we might just be able to resurrect the old go quad class and we just need to go talk to like the people over at the Goodyear plant where they've got that concrete 10 scale RC track. Yeah. No, I'm telling you, we got good, bad ideas over here at Roland Race News. For a while, we were running them in Columbus. They had, there was a small acreage that had an RC track, a concrete RC track in their yard. And so we would be running up there and just like whipping, whipping laps and tearing rubble. So you decided to jump back into it. Had some fun with your dad on the last night of the season. Where did it kind of go from there? From there, uh, I started doing it full-time again and spent, oh, how many years? I don't even know, up until high school, middle school, somewhere around there. So probably like 10 years, almost. So I hate to break into it, but as you kind of started to go through and getting into middle school and high school, like, there's not a lot of 
young females that are in racing, <laughs> even at the time that we are now, there's definitely more than there have been. But I've just kind of always wondered, what is that like? Like, are there other things that you're interested in? Like, did, did makeup tutorials ever think that they were going to rival racing? And probably not for you, but I, it just seems like... Uh, it's such a different world, and we definitely have ladies that listen, and we have ladies that listen that race. So if you want to come on here and talk about differences, we're, we're down with that too. Yeah. Uh, being a female in it, I definitely felt more like an outcast, I guess you could say, uh, just because it was primarily like, yo, bro, let's hang out. Like, dude, what the fuck? And like, I don't know, just a super bro heavy environment and you're kind of a bro heavy person though i've, I've <laughs> I, heard you i've heard you bro it up more than once i have become a bro heavy person this is that is accurate um but growing up like makeup never interested me uh clothes and dressing up never really interested me uh i avoided pink like the plague <laughs> but like racing wasn't all i had i I'm definitely a creative person, so I've always had, like, art close to my heart. Yeah, let's talk about that. We had a good conversation off mic. I had no idea about your theater and your artistic background, so feel free to, I mean, break off in whatever. <laughs> we can go on tangents and go as far off the rails as possible because, I mean, we're racers. It'll always come back to that. Oh, yeah. Um. So, growing up, just doodled a lot, what have you not. Went Draw through- a lot of race cars? Drew a lot of race cars, yeah. Drew a lot of dad's race cars. Okay. Uh, now I'm bummed you didn't bring the sketchbook, but all right. Well, most of those were in my school notebooks, and those got trashed oh, as soon yeah. as I could. Because who doesn't trash their yeah, school notebooks? Yeah, once the year's over, you just throw the whole backpack in the garbage. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but, like, high school hit, got more into that, as well as sports. Sports became a really heavy part of my life. Uh, and art kind of transitioned into theater as well. So, like, I'd perform, I'd work on sets, I would kind of do everything involved with that, and I ended up actually going to school for theater. Uh, I got a degree from UNL in technical theater, so it was the, the building of the sets, the painting of everything, working on the sound, the AV, the the everything, the costumes, anything that goes up on the stage I had a hand in and so that was that was a cool experience and just I don't know it's it's great to be able to make something to brighten people's day absolutely and whether that's on a racetrack or sitting in a theater chair at a high school a university or Carnegie Hall I mean Mm -hmm. you're here to entertain and bring a good package and I think you're a wonderful ambassador for that, no matter what venue you take it in. Be great if it paid a little better, but... <laughs> well, I mean, same with race broadcasting, custodial, and everything else everybody does. We could all use a little bit more money. Oh, yeah, always. I mean, I wouldn't be too happy with less. I might be able to live off a little less, but who the hell wants less? If you want less, I don't know if we can be friends. <laughs> all right. that's Well, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I believe it was Slim Thug that said it in a rap song many moons ago. Uh, 
chickens peck with chickens and eagles soar with eagles. <laughs> you hang out with more successful people, you got a better chance of that rubbing off on you. And who doesn't want that? Be a great mix. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know anybody that doesn't want that because <laughs> we hang out with the cool people. And if you listen to Roland Race News brought to you by Ace Electric, you're definitely a cool person. So going from go quads to theater in high school, what was the next racing move for Andy Wagner? Next racing move was cage cart. Oh, I love cage carts. They're so easy. I want to race one. They are fun. I, I got mine to bicycle at one point. Um, but... Intentionally? Unintentionally, but I've never rolled a cage cart, so I haven't... Eh. Well, I guess you're not really racing those anymore, so what <laughs> the hell's really. the matter? And I already rolled a mod light, so it's nothing new, so okay. it's fine. Um, but no, I transitioned from go-karts into cage carts. Uh, we got one that me and my brother shared initially, and uh, I'm sure that worked out great. It worked out fantastic. Fire and water and uh, <laughs> siblings and fist fights. Not to mention the fact he's three years older than me. Oh, there might have been a difference in uh, pedals. Big difference in pedals, yeah. Uh, so we were running the one cart at Little Sunset, and he his age bracket was like J2, and I was J1, and so. Uh, scheduling of the night, they oftentimes like to put J1 and J2 right after each other. Oh, shit. Yeah, that <laughs> that was fun. So either he would go first or I would go first. Pull off the track, pull immediately into lineup, and had to find a way to get a booster seat and pedal extenders out of the car in like 30 seconds. Because I was probably six inches shorter than he was at the time. Um, so, my dad came up with this brainiac idea of having just like a four inch, just removable wood booster seat that you throw on the bottom so I could see over the nose. And then he had these slip on pedal extenders because it's just. Oh, slip ons. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> the pedals we had were just like a bent tube. So, yeah. you just put the fucking tube over the top that had the pedal extender on top of it put a little clip in so it doesn't fly off so i pull off the track you pull the pin slide off the extender brother hops in good to go it sounds good in theory (laughs) but i have a feeling this story is going to tell us which way it really went well there was one time where i went first and he was scheduled to go after i pulled off Immediately got out. Mom grabbed the booster seat out, put the fucking seat cover back on. Brother climbed in. But brother climbed in before my dad could take the pedal extenders out. So your brother's riding around looking like your dad, knees out. Oh, yeah. Because we didn't have time to reach in and try and finagle him on out. So that was probably the worst race my brother ever drove. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Run it like you brung it. <laughs> Perfect case. Run it like you brung it. Adapt. Yeah, Make it work. improvise, adapt, and overcome. Yeah. Um, so after that, we went to the Kaziskis and was like, hey, can you at least give us a race in between? Like, just one. Just one heat race. That's all we ask. It would be kind of nice to be able to, you know, go back and park at your own trailer, get out, 
get it done and get your brother in there. Because after you, you know, after a long race, every racer knows it's nice to be able to get back and go to your chair. Oh yeah. Get a little shade for like a minute and compose your thoughts. Take a breath and kind of regroup a bit. Yeah, it's for for people that have never done it before. It's just it's such a weird feeling once you actually get out of it and you're like, "Whew! All right, that's over. I really want to do it again, but I need to calm down and think about what I just did." Mm-hmm. So cage carts at Little Sunset. You go from swapping out seats with your brother. <laughs> what was the next venture for Wagner Racing? Uh, so we ended up getting said cage cart, and by that point, Mini E had opened up. So we transitioned over to racing at Mini E because it was closer to home. How old are you guys at this point? Oh, man. Um, Just a random guesstimate. Uh, you're you're kind of busy, so uh, time runs together. <laughs> it does. Uh, I would say I was probably about eighth grade. Somewhere around there. It was late middle school. What Taylor Swift song was out at the time? Oh, God. I don't fucking know. I don't listen to Taylor Swift. Yes, that is ex- <laughs> when it comes to good content, you just know how to answer questions. <laughs> so, eighth grade, cage cart racing, the start making a transition over to Mini E, or are you doing a little bit of both? So, for a bit, we did both. Because um, if I remember correctly, they were on different nights at that point in time. Where, like, I want to say Sunset was on Fridays and Mini E was on Saturdays. Right? I could have that backwards. Probably do. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I know over the last couple of years, it's been uh, Little Sunset on Thursdays and Mini E on Fridays. That could have been it. I believe that's still the plan for this year, if you're looking to make your way out to uh, Little Sunset or Mini E Raceway. And I recommend Cage Carts because they're a great starter car, safe as hell, and great way to get your kid going. Or adult, really. They're just fun as fuck. I mean, if... (laughs) If things go my way and I can get a first shift job, I I really am thinking hard and heavy about buying one. You should I, get one. I know where there's an adult one, full operation, trailer and all. The number seems right, but starting this whole legal driving thing has proven to be kind of expensive. So I should probably take a year off and focus on stacking as much money as possible <laughs> And then maybe spend, as long as my mom's not listening, she she doesn't control my finances, but she definitely knows how to <laughs> chew my ear off. So, uh, yeah, if if my mom's listening, no, I'm not buying any sort of racing stuff. I'm just going to go out and stack money and be a good, grown Christian adult. So, anyways, <laughs> um, Mini E, going into high school, doing cage cart stuff. How How about that? It was fun. No, it was great, and I loved every second of it, except with Hit in high school, oftentimes that's where you kind of start to sort out your life and figure out who, what you want to do, who you want to be. Yeah. And at that point in, my, in time, I thought I wanted to be an athlete, like a professional athlete. So I prioritized uh, grades in school, sports, and... Soccer, volleyball, uh, softball. I was cross country and soccer. Okay, were my primary ones. So I would spend summers and falls cross country, and then winters and springs in soccer. And racing on top of it. And racing on top of it for a while, but as you might imagine, that I mean that could kind of get old mentally, physically, and emotionally. 
Oh, I yeah. I mean, that's a lot of stuff. You know, the old saying, 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound sack. <laughs> and throw on top of that, I was getting into theater, which required rehearsal time uh, and, like, production time where we're working on everything. So I kind of threw racing by the wayside. I, I just don't see how you could make time for it all. <laughs> I mean, you're talking, like, four or five hours a day extracurricular activities. Oh, yeah. And I was aiming for stuff that I could get scholarships in as well. Absolutely. And so racing, not really something that's going to help you get through college financially. Um, So I just kind of aimed for the more scholarly area of life and put racing aside for like six years, seven years. So, did you end up with a scholarship? I got a couple. Not enough to warrant putting racing away, but... (laughs) Enough to at least go to school. Enough to go to school, yeah. So, that was at least a bonus, but definitely felt like it left a part of me behind. But it does show that you set out for a goal. You seem like a great planner. You set a goal at a young age, and you went out... And you achieved it. And that's something that not everybody gets to say. A lot of people do get to say it, but it's definitely not something for everyone. So that to me is pretty freaking cool. So you go to college with a theater major? Went into college not knowing what I wanted to do. Settled on that because I missed uh, that world. So became a theater major, went through, got the degree... And came out, tried to do that for a couple years, but now that I had the free time (laughs) with not doing all the sports and all the homework and everything like that, I still felt like I was kind of missing a part of me. So then I started heading out to Eagle on Saturdays in the summer and kind of got the itch back. I mean, it it definitely does kind of sneak on you. You hear about people, well, and it's, there again, there are so many different people in this world because there are racers that will step out of the seat and not go again for 15 years. And then you've got guys, you know, um, I've, I've talked a lot with Stu Snyder lately. You know, he's getting ready here within the next couple of years to start thinking about retirement and getting his kid into the sport. And I'm like... I don't know how you're going to show up at the racetrack. And he's like, well, it's not going to make a difference to me because I'm going to be more focused on my kid and he can get started and get going. My, You know, sometimes you got to know when to walk away. You knew when to walk away for college, and it sounds like you knew how to find your way right back. <laughs> so when you got back into it, uh, what was the move, kind of? How did you go about looking for cars, or did you still have cage carts around? So we did still have our cage carts. Those were still around, but... We had just kept them in storage. So when I wanted to come back, my dad actually had the brainchild of, let's sell the cage carts, and let's get you something that has suspension. Let's get you some little little upgrade. Suspension is pretty cool. It's pretty cool, and I'm learning. It makes a hell of a difference. Oh, yeah. Um, In your back, on your pocketbook, all of it. Like, I can actually see the track now instead of just, like, bouncing along on it. (laughs) 
Have you ever, kind of off topic here, but we're both glasses people, have you ever ridden those bird scooters downtown? I have not. I, they're so fun, like, from the, you know, because you're two inches off the ground. It's kind of right. like a flat cart or something. You feel like you're going super fast. Or like the Razor scooters. When, when yeah. But downtown sidewalks have cobblestones. They have potholes. They have cracks. And it's not necessarily that you're going to eat shit, but and none of you people listening are going to be able to see what I'm about to do here, but you go riding down the sidewalk, and it's and like... It <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, you can't see anything the whole time. It's like drunk goggles times ten. Yeah, and they're formulated so you have that one spot. You have the uh-huh. one focus spot, so then any kind of like messing around, and it's just like, I'm blind again. Yeah. I, I did that one time, and I was having such a good time despite the vibrating glasses on my face until I hit a loose cobblestone right in front of Jimmy John's and three homeless people. They had a great laugh. I had a bad day. <laughs> sometimes things go like that. So you decide to get some suspension thrown underneath you. Time to go mod light racing. Let's go mod light racing. Talk about getting into that and kind of the transition. So, the car we got, it was not top of the line. It was, we paid a couple grand for it. It had everything that we needed in order to go racing. Race-ready type deal. It was a race-ready type deal. Um, dude was just trying to get out of it. And what a fucking possessed car. <laughs> uh, it w- had a mind of its own. Oh, damn. Uh, part of the problem was the pull bar was two inches from the right rear. So this is kind of set up like a sport mod? It's kind of a hybrid. Okay. So it is much like a sport mod, except we have springs in our pull bars. We have a bit more adjustment than like a sport mod does have. Okay, so almost more like an A-mod rear suspension than a sport mod. Kind of, but also... Not quite as much as an A-Mod, so we're kind of a weird middle ground. Everything's the same, but everything's different kind yeah. of deal. Okay. Unfortunately. Um, but I can tell you, we do have a winner's quick change. It is the smallest rear end that winner's makes. Really? But it is a winner's. I do love a quick change <laughs> rear end. It is so great. There have been a couple times we go to the track, and like whatever gear we have in it for hot laps is just like, Oh, that's not right. <laughs> Eight bolts, drain the fluid, and put them back in. How put do you put in? how do you put rear end gears in? I mean, we just yeah, you Is just it, fucking change the bolts, pull the plate off, and then take the nasty ones, put them somewhere, and then you take the new ones and just like. I don't know if I should say in. it, but when I had my sprint car, I was always taught one way to um, put gears in. And it was always fat girl on top, titties out. So you can do big, either. Big gear on top with the little nipples out. It just depends whether you need you, a deeper you gear. You can do or either? You, you can do, uh, you, at least with ours, you can switch them. So it okay. depends whether you need a deeper gear or a taller gear. <laughs> well, insert sprint car driver name here. You lied to me. <laughs> I'm assuming that's just his preference that he had for setting up the car for the way that he drove. I don't know. That's I, I guess that's just the only way that I'd ever heard it described was big gear on top with the little nipply things out. 
I mean, if that's how you want to do it, you can do it. I just know that there have been a couple times that we just, like, swap them, and that's all we needed. Just enough to change the ratio, um, how it drives the axles that much? Mm Mm-hmm. That's super cool. I need to go racing with you quick change guys more often. (laughs) Unfortunately, not at Junction this year. I know. That is a heartbreaker. It is. I just... You hate to see any racetrack close, whether it's one that you go to every week or it's one that you go to once a year, because... It's been said a million times, the racing community is a community, and it doesn't matter what track you race on, you're always going to have something to talk about, you know? You go out of town, you obviously travel a little bit for your racing, Mm -hmm. and if you walk into any gas station anywhere in the country, and two people happen to see each other wearing a racing t-shirt, you're probably going to (laughs) talk a little racing. It's just, it's a nationwide, worldwide kind of deal, and... Sadly, we're going to be missing out on one of those this summer. So get well soon, Delmer. We want to see you back for a 2023 season. Absolutely. And so, I, I definitely have a soft spot for Junction because they are the track that took a chance on us last year. Like they are the only track that was willing to host Mod Lights as a home track so we could do it for IMCA points um, when we have such a low car count. Thank you for bringing that up. So sometimes you do run under an IMCA sanction. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure because maybe I'm just behind the times, but I didn't know that they had a IMCA cage cart type of rule now either. Really? Yeah. I didn't know about that. When they made the switch to the new Hoosiers, I believe, and I'm Mm -hmm. getting ready to talk with Roger Hayden here in a couple weeks, so I could be completely wrong, and if so, I'll send (laughs) you a card and apologize. But I just, I didn't know that IMCA was branching out that far. Yeah, I mean, for most of the time that I've known about Mod Lights, STARS has been our sanctioning body. Yep. And then last year, IMCA did a partnership with STARS. So now we are considered IMCA, but STARS still kind of makes all of the decisions because IMCA doesn't know a lot about us. Okay, that's kind of like the URSS sprint cars basically run an mm-hmm. IMCA rule, but they're not an IMCA sprint car. Yeah. I love seeing sanctioning bodies get together like that, because when you unite, you build. Oh, completely. It's like that old song that I think they taught us in school, you know, united we stand and divided we fall. <laughs> we help build racing up, we don't tear it down. So, you did you guys get rid of the cursed car? Still have it. No, you I'm planning on driving it this year. Okay. <laughs> so the possessed car is still around, and you figured out how to tame the beast. We did. No, we have made so many adjustments to that car to where it is no longer the same car that we bought. Uh, we have chopped up about half the roll cage and redone it. Uh, we have redone a lot of the rear end, and the, uh, we've changed the front suspension. We have changed rear suspension. <laughs> Like, anything that you can change on this, we have improved on to where it is now a functional car that actually rolls over, so. In more ways than one, right? (laughs) In more ways than one, yeah. You want to talk about that? Sure, why not? Is it kind of on the same way? We've we've actually kept a really good timeline so far. Is that, (laughs) are we, are we staying up to date? So that would, uh, pretty much. My role would have been this last year, my rookie year. Okay. 2021. Um, 2021. Just in case you're listening to this, you know, years and years from now. When when we've made it big. Yeah. 
Um, but no, it was during rookie year 2021. We were out at Junction, and my dad was looking at buying a second car for an upgrade to get rid of the possessed car. Uh, I was in the possessed car, and the guy that was selling the new car brought it from, I think, Tennessee. Holy crap. <laughs> but he used to live in Nebraska, so he knew the guys. He missed everyone. He was like, I'm going to do one last go with this thing. I can bring it to you, and we can all race together. I like it. Um, so, dude brought it out. He ran it that night. We were in the, the damn heat race. <laughs> this is at McCool? This is at McCool. Um, but we were in the heat race, and we were coming out of four. I either went too high and got off the banking, or I just hit that entrance wrong. Because it was right at the entrance where it kind of levels off when you go onto the track from four. Oh, perfect. Just perfect. Perfect, yeah. I shot down the track, and the new car my dad was thinking of buying was right below me. I crossed in front of him. Mm. He hit my left rear, and I barreled, and it sent him into like a pogo kind of corner to corner. I ended up on my lid, and mind you, my car is designed with a roof hatch. Yep. I cannot climb in through the window. I have to climb in through the roof. Gotcha. And I landed on my roof. That's a majority <laughs> of the mod lights, right? Not anymore. Okay. Uh, once, once upon a time, it was popular to design them that way, but now uh, they are... Stars is kind of requiring that you have a window entry instead. For reasons like when I rolled. Okay. Because um, if you land on, on your lid and your window isn't big enough, you're not getting out until they flip you. Yeah. And if you're on fire, you got fucking gear lube leaking on you... You name it, bad situation. Yeah. You need to get out. Full-blown all bad. All kinds of bad. Um, but I just remember throughout the rolls, like, are we done yet? Are we done? As I was holding the clutch so I didn't fucking ruin the engine. I was like, are we done yet? Can I turn it off? At least you thought that quick. <laughs> One thing I learned early on, grab that damn clutch. Because we have a hand clutch. We don't have a foot clutch. Yep. So it's like, if you're going to spin, grab that clutch. If you're going to do anything, grab that clutch. <laughs> um, but I landed on my lid, and the fire guys that came up just, like, wide-eyed. And was like, are you good? Are you, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. Just get out of the window so I can figure out how to get out. You going to turn this fucking thing over? You going to turn it over? No? Okay. Hold on, I'm coming. Uh, ended up getting out, and had a mob around me because he landed on his wheels and immediately got out but it took me a bit since I had to finagle my way out of my tiny window and I'm very glad I fit through the window oh god <laughs> but mind you gear lube was leaking all over my seat in the midst of this and I didn't realize it so that was fun then you get out smelling like gear lube for, for the, like next, the next like week yep Ugh. cannot that is one smell I would love to just vanish from the earth. <laughs> that is one smell that I have an odd appreciation for. Oh, I can't. I can't. It's so bad. You I don't like know, it? man. Kind of. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but it's, it's you know, it's uniquely pleasing. It's like the smell of race fuel in the morning. That, you I, know, yeah. you walk into somebody's shop and you're like, oh, that smells awful. 
but I kind of <laughs> like it. It is unique to our sport, I will say that much. Yeah, definitely. You don't go to too many basketball games and catch a whiff of some good old gear lube. <laughs> so, after you flipped it, what happened then? Uh, got a little ambulance ride. Didn't have to pay oh, for no. it. It was a formality. They were on the track. They had to take someone off. So they just took me back to the pit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, shit, that's never good. Because no. typically when an ambulance leaves, you got a lot of time to sell beer and hot dogs in the grandstands. Oh, completely. Um, but no, it was just back to the pit, and then they went back to their parking stall. Totally wrecked the new car Dad was buying. Completely destroyed it. Did he have to buy it? He still ended up buying it. He still bought it from Man the Man of his word. Man of his word. Um, but then the plan became, okay, I just get a new chassis, plug the parts we, we can salvage onto the new chassis. Yep. And that fell through. So now we're fixing that wrecked car. I like it. <laughs> and making that work. How did I know Dad was going to end up getting the newer car? Well, it's supposed to be my car, but since I wrecked it, he's trial running it. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody that's ever trial ran anything around a dirt circle track knows that uh, that you tend to stay past your 30-day free trial. <laughs> you know, that's an app you might not forget to delete. Usually. So, 2021, you flip one, you won one, and you got a new one. It's like that stupid game. <laughs> oh. Date them, dump them, dive them, whatever. You, you just kind of did it all. I tried. <laughs> also got rookie of the year. Also got rookie of the year. There we go. We're hitting the accolades. <laughs> So running for Rookie of the Year, how many shows did you run this season to have to pick something like that up? And was that an IMCA sanctioned deal or a STARS deal? So since it was the first year of Mod Lights for IMCA, they weren't doing a Rookie of the Year. Okay. At least my understanding, they weren't doing a Rookie of the Year. No, that makes sense. I believe it was the same at Eagle because uh, first year for stock cars. Mm -hmm. Which completely agree with everyone. Absolutely. Um. So, Junction actually gave me a Rookie of the Year since we had enough races there for them to be our home track. All right. And everyone else, I think... Was sad about it. What? I don't know. I was just being goofy. You know, being <laughs> sad because they didn't win it. Everyone else was sad, yeah. Um, otherwise, I think we did one-offs and specials everywhere else so yeah. as a group of mod lights we are considered a club so oftentimes how it works when we go to tracks is they hire the club i guess is the best way to put it yeah and pay the club for the track time and then the club pays out the drivers that showed up okay so as a club i got rookie of the year for all of the races that we did, no matter what track it was at. Because, like, we went to Shelby once. We went to um, Lexington once. We went to Junction a bunch. <laughs> uh, we went to I-80 once. And so, across all of those, I ended up getting the rookie there as well. That's pretty so. impressive. Yeah. Proud of it. <laughs> well, I think you should be. That's kind of something well-deserved. 
So left 2021 on a really good note. Uh, it sounds like we've kind of hinted at your dad getting in a car for 2022. What other plans do you wonderful Wagners have in store? <laughs> well, you see, much like you were talking about Stu earlier, uh, dad was like, no, I'll focus on the kids racing. Like, we'll get the kids racing. It'll be good. Bullshit. Bull fucking shit. Uh, <laughs> there were a couple times he had to get into my car because he needed, like, we needed to fix it. He needed to know what was going wrong. And he started getting the itch back again. So this year we're going to have two cars. We're going to have my car and then we're fixing up that junked car for him to drive. I like it. And uh, it's not the first time he's been in one of these cars. Back when I was in high school and kind of gave up racing, he was running a dwarf car at the time. So the older style chassis of the Mod Light. Okay. Um, and he was running with the same guys we're running with now tight-knit fucking group and it sounds like it i mean you were naming off names and i'm like i can remember that guy winning all the time back in like 2005 (laughs) over at bum county speedway oh yeah you know it's it's nice to see that people stick around Mm -hmm. no they're they're a great group and it is so nice being able to race with people that you know aren't gonna wreck you like no one out there on the track when all of us are out there wants to wreck the other part of it part of it's the low car count we can't afford to uh but a bigger portion of it is just that we care about each other and like we will help each other out and we want to see each other succeed that's something that i've really noticed with the different clubs out there you know midwest classic stock car association the gotras the mod lights the you pin the nail right on the head there the cars with the lower car counts everybody wants to keep those cars together so they can keep that going mm-hmm. and keep this thing alive because if you only have one nobody's going to come watch you mm-hmm. you know you have nine that might only be one heat race but come feature time you're going to have a hell of a good clean racing battle mm-hmm. to the very end and you're not going to see guys running all over each other this, this might be your secret, guys. If you're looking for a good way to get back into racing, check out a Stars Mod Light. They race clean, they race fast, and they have a hell of a lot of fun in a fa- family atmosphere doing it, right? <laughs> oh, completely. And, like, we're running tires from the early 2000s. Like, we don't have a lot of the rotating costs that a lot of the bigger cars have. Like, okay. we do have a fairly high upfront cost like i think we spent about five thousand on my car when we got it race ready i mean that's that's still, still a pretty affordable pretty way good. to get into racing yeah like it's not the thousands and thousands that you'll end up spending on like a sprint car or something yeah um i mean even a hobby stock is a lot more expensive than it used to be Mm-hmm. But if like, you want to go fast <laughs> if you want to go fast you gotta put money no um <laughs> but a lot of our stuff lasts. It is an investment that you do not have to continually keep fixing the way that you do a lot of other classes. So, also fantastic for getting back into it for that reason. You may have an upfront cost, but maintenance is minimal. Yeah, you don't have to dive in with the whole checkbook. You can Mm -hmm. still have a little something left over for the imagination or to keep the wife happy or the husband or whoever. Mm -hmm. You know, you can still focus on your family bills and still go racing, which is something so rare these days to go, you know, we have to put the air quotes around affordable, but (laughs) 
you know, it's there's definitely a bit of savings there when you don't have to replace stuff nearly as often. Mm-hmm. So going into 2022, we just covered a big part about it, you know, making it affordable. And obviously there are different partners and sponsors that help us out with that. Do you have any sponsors and support that you want to thank? Well, my biggest sponsor is going to be AAA Welding and Mechanical. Uh, pays for most everything. Uh, it is... God bless them. God bless them. Um, without, without them, would not make any of this possible. Uh, as well as Mom and Dad, because you got to get to the track and have support somehow. That's right. And just all the friends that have helped out along the way, whether that be... Just emotional support or, like, handing me my helmet when I'm climbing in. Absolutely. Somebody's got to be there to buckle the window net and slap the roof on your way out. <laughs> Completely. It isn't a race without it. You got, you got <laughs> damn right, kid. Well, we've been at it for about 45 minutes. And anything else that you want to talk about? I mean, fire away. The only thing that I've got to look forward to, I got invited for some grub down the street, but there's no major time rush for that. So, I mean, we can we can talk about whatever. Fuck, I don't know. Um. <laughs> All right, I tell you what. Why don't we just wrap it up, and if you come back with something else, we'll be happy to have you on any time. It was awesome to have you over here today and learn a little bit more about your racing career and yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Miss Andy Wagner. Check her out at the Stars and IMCA. Check her out wherever you can. Uh, Is there anywhere on social media that they can kind of follow your racing? So I do have both a Facebook and an Insta. uh, Wagner Motorsports or Wagner Motorsports 13. However, the uh, usernames panned out on those. Um, Try to keep those updated regularly and usually post the schedule on the Facebook page. So that'd probably be the best option for figuring out where we are where we're going and what we're up to perfect see i knew you had something else to say well (laughs) once again thank you for coming on here check out wagner motorsports perfect timing was a little off but we can edit that out (laughs) thank you so much again andy and thank you everyone for tuning in to roland race news we'll catch you guys next time